0: Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunsch, Brian Christofferson here on a Tuesday of Week 1, but Nebraska for the second year in a row, a Week 0 horror story. Michael Brunsch was on hand for both of them. Give us the strongest similarity between the two games besides <laughs> the fact that the result was the
1: same in each of them. Uh, well, there, there's always a one or two backbreaking plays and you had those and the one good thing about Dublin, you you had free beer for most of the game, thanks to a, uh, an internet glitch. So there was that. Did you have free beer? Did you take advantage of that? I did not. Um, the lines were actually exactly what you would expect for a, uh, football game where they were giving away beer. So, uh, there, there was no partaking of that, but, um, yeah, it was it was uh that opener had everything. It felt like an opener. I don't know about you guys, but it it felt like okay, that it was just precarious the whole game. Lot lots of precariousness. Yeah. Well, it was I mean,
0: especially from the defensive perspective, sloppy as hell. So, uh, definitely had opener vibes there. Before we go full into this breakdown because we're going to get there. What was the stadium experience like? The press seating was outside. The coaches seating and the, the radio booth for the coaches was outside. Like it was a different setup all the way around. What'd you think of it? It wasn't
1: it wasn't terrible. Like where we were, it was covered. Like it was outside, but it was covered. It's not like you're, you know, covering the pinstripe bowl in December, freezing your ass off. Like you it was, wish you Cover the pinstripe bowl. Yeah, well, we might be headed that way. But that 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 was a, a an okay experience. <clears throat> the in stadium Wi Fi for the media, not going to get good reviews. Definitely a one star there. um It didn't work. And what else? The the like the in stadium atmosphere, I thought was pretty good though. Like it seemed like you, you could see the the field from everywhere. It was a it was a comfortable temperature for most of the game, and. uh I don't know. Like it, it felt, uh, I I don't know that I was thinking this during the game and you know, maybe it's an obvious observation, but I don't know that Northwestern will have as good of a home atmosphere as, as that game was for quite a while. Like that was like the perfect Northwestern type atmosphere. Interesting. Um,
0: last thing for you, obviously the result wasn't what people would have wanted, but independent of that, you feel like Nebraska fans that went to Ireland got the experience that they would have wanted?
1: Yeah, because I think they got most of the tour in and the everything else before the loss happened. Um, so, yeah, it the people I talked to seemed like they had a good time. I mean, it was, you know, on the flight, there was a lot of families that, like, you know, O'Shaughnessy's and, you know, Irish people with Irish backgrounds that were, you know, the, the grandparents were with the kids or with their kids. And it was like, it was good. Like, it seemed like it was a, it was a unique road trip that Nebraska is probably never going to do again. So I think a lot of people enjoyed it. You played some golf, you, you know, drank some beer, drank some whiskey. It was fine.
0: BC, we will, uh, we'll get to you now. Sorry that you've been forced to be quiet for the last few minutes here. But, okay. Uh, what uh what's your biggest takeaway yeah. from that contest? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go, but give me <clears> give me the thing that's standing out to you most here several days later after yet another 0-1
2: start for Nebraska. Back in the spring, I was pretty worried, like all of us here were about the defense. Like I I there were certain reasons why it was the D line depth I wondered about, and I was also concerned. Honestly, even though I like the talent and I think it might be an upgrade over time in the back end of the defense, I thought they were going to pay a price along the way this season in certain games for not having Deontay and Markel as just like, we know what we're getting from you guys. And for a team that lives so close to the edge, one bust, (laughs) you know, one bad bust can be the difference um as a, as they had and there were some other plays I'm sure if when they look back on film they're, they're gonna find it was way too easy a pitch and catch and I'm not putting it all on the safeties I'm just saying that whole back end was just new together and you you go in against a team where maybe you're under the uh, assumption they're gonna try to smash and grind this one and just chew clock and stuff like that and I think Northwestern came out and uh had a very s- smart game plan at getting the ball out quick, but also the attacking downfield. And I, I thought on the second drive, Northwestern second drive at midfield where Cam Porter runs over two Huskers. And then on the third down pass where Holinsky, who were all like, yeah, is this guy even competent as a QB sort of thing fires one. It wasn't like a perfect pass, but he put it where he had to for a 14 yard gain. And it just felt like, Oh, they've got a little something different on offense this year. This is going to be, Nebraska is going to have to adjust to something they maybe weren't ready for and it and they never could get on the on level ground really the defense throughout the game yeah I mean for me and and I'm curious where you guys land with this I don't recall
0: Nebraska having that many <laughs> tackling issues at any point last year I mean it you know there was certain individuals uh Jackson Smith Najigba you know juke. Quentin Newsome out of his shoes in a certain instance I mean but it's it's hard for me to think of a game where tackling was as porous as it was on Saturday and and you referenced a play that I can't get out of my mind Brian which was basically Northwestern's backup running back in the hole meets Nick Henrich for what would have been a you know no gain or maybe even a tackle for a loss runs him over turns up field runs over Quentin Newsome and it takes like five other Huskers to sort of corral him to the ground for what I think was a six or seven yard gain that had every opportunity to be either a nothing or a loss. And I mean, I was sort of just stunned by that because other than Michigan's running backs last year it didn't really feel like guys ran Nebraska over. There might be a hole or a bust and a run fit or whatever. You know, you think about the Minnesota game or or Braylon Allen uh, with Wisconsin. But the Michigan game was the one where it felt like, okay, these two running backs physically imposed their will on Nebraska. Northwestern did that the entire game. and And they just broke tackle after tackle. Nebraska was... Too many times, just one guy was flying completely out of control. I mean, Kalarovich did it a few times. Gifford did it a few times. Other linebackers did it a few times. I was really blown away by that, the poor tackling. And so, I on one hand, I think, you know, that's something that can be fixed relatively easy. On the other, I just don't know how that po- was as bad as it was, even if it was the first game. I know you get less live, period than ever before with with warm up, But I was just really amazed at how poor the tackling was.
1: Yeah. The thing that, that stood out to me defensively was, you know, we had, I think been told, and I think based on personnel had felt that Nebraska was going to be able to get a little bit more done on the pass rush. And that obviously didn't happen. I think, you know, Garrett Nelson is probably going to, Want quite a bit of that game back um, from, from how things transpired with Northwestern's offensive line. O'Shawn Mathis was fairly quiet. You know, Nebraska never really got Northwestern in a third and long situation where you felt like they could really kind of pin their ears back. But what surprised me was, you know, I, I know I we've kind of come to expect that Nebraska is going to be a little bit more bend, don't break. Like that's kind of the way that Eric Shenander's chosen to play things out. I I tweeted this during the game when I could actually get a tweet out, but it seemed like Nebraska was from the opening series was playing on its heels defensively. And there was no, there, there was no effort to really force the issue with getting after Holinski and Trying to do anything to harass them. I mean, it was, a lot of the defensive line was the the dancing bear routine. A lot of bull rushes. Um, you know, even the, the when they did stunt and try and do some stuff up front, it really wasn't that effective. Um, and you know, I, I think Nebraska was able to get off the field a little bit, but it just didn't ever feel like they were playing with any kind of real emotion or intent to you know, take that game to Northwestern. Like it it felt like they were just, you know, going to try to do the bend don't break thing. And that was going to be enough. And, you know, I I give credit to Northwestern for sticking to their game plan for running the play action that they did. I thought Nebraska's inside linebackers were on skates most of the day with, with the play action stuff. So it, it, it was just all around, I think a bad a bad plan. It was bad execution. You guys mentioned the tackling. Um, You got to get that fixed somehow because I I think they have athletes at places on that defense to where you can be a little bit more aggressive. You can, you know, leave those corners on an Island a little bit more than what Nebraska was doing. You can turn guys loose and bring an extra blitzer. I think you have to do that because you don't have guys, especially on that front that are just going to get home on their own. So that is what I'm looking for going forward is if this defense finally shows a little bit of aggression because it just didn't seem like they were you know, ready for that fight or, or really warm to it very quickly at all.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know that Nebraska at any point on Saturday looked like an aggressive team on defense. I mean, that's a, that's somewhat <sighs> surprising because as they sort of had talked about, it felt like it was setting up for a little bit of an identity shift and, every team that they play is going to do the RPO stuff. I mean, if if they have to sell out to stop the run, which is what it looks like right now, you can bet Tanner Morgan and Minnesota are looking at that game film. And they're basically like, okay, same thing we've been running for three years against Nebraska now. So uh, they're going to have to make some, some seismic adjustments when they get into to big 10 play again, uh, because he's the, the book seems pretty simple. I mean, I don't know how many times Nebraska has to watch an opposing quarterback start a game, 15 of 17, just ungodly completion percentage, and think to themselves, we're doing this okay. You're not winning that way. You don't win those games when you don't force incompletions. Like, it's it's utterly baffling to just run back the same stuff that you did in a year where you went three and nine with likely slightly worse personnel in some situations and think that it's going to work out for you. Like it is, it is sort of remarkable that this was the idea or at least that's how it played out on Saturday.
2: Well, one thing I wish I could go back and it would take a while to go back over the last five, six years. When Nebraska has teams backed up like inside their own 15 or 10 yard line, I feel like, you know, usually that's when a defense is in a great spot. You can usually, you're in a, the percentages are in your favor to get a three and out. You can flip the field back. You get the ball at the 50, 45, 50 yard line. Nebraska had two killer possessions in this game. And one, we'll talk about missed tackles. First half, Nelson comes in kind of unchecked. Uh, guy runs through it, makes another lunging guy miss, gets 15 yards for Northwestern takes the ball out from the 10 to the 25 Northwestern. I don't think scored on that possession, but they flipped the field 45 yards, you know, in their favor. And so, and then the next time Nebraska gets it, that there's a reason. And it's Nebraska's own doing why their average starting field position in the first half was its own 16 yard line. You know, you, it, it's not just about getting stops. There's gotta be, being an opportunistic defense means also like when you got a team on its own six, you're off the field in three plays, like at the end of the game um, and you give your offense one more crack at the 50 and instead, you know, Northwestern takes almost the clock down to two minutes and gets 45 yards. So um, that part I think has been disheartening. And um, yeah, I was, I was stunned by how gassed Nebraska looked like late in the third, you're playing Northwestern and Fitzgerald sensing it is playing tempo. Northwestern's playing tempo on Nebraska at the end of the quarter because they're like, these guys are done. And then Northwestern does a favor. They get, I don't know, on the call, but they called the false start, and then they run a conservative third down. But that's where Nebraska had reprieves in that game where there were chances like, okay, there's still an opportunity to go get that, and Nebraska, after that missed field goal, drives to the 50-yard line, and you've got an opportunity right there if you can put that together to uh, to go – win this game 35 31 or whatever. And uh, so the offense is as much on the hook to me it too for the last quarter and a half where you can't find that play or that drive um, that would have allowed you to survive this thing.
1: Yeah, the the there was that one drive that started with the the Trey Palmer reverse. Yeah, that just you know the the thing that I mean, if we want to go to the offense, mm-hmm. we we can transition there now. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but um, I think the thing that surprised me offensively was how unwilling Nebraska was to attack Northwestern on the edges. I mean, you just especially in the run game, there was just no attempt whatsoever to. I mean, Nebraska had an athletic advantage on the edge. I don't think there's any denying that, but there just was very little attempt at exploiting that. And you know, when when it happened, it didn't look natural. I mean, you you had the the Palmer stop, you had the the random Logan Smothers entry and then exit, which I mean, that actually ended up being a pretty nice game for him, all things considered. <clears throat> but um, just you know continuing to just ram it in the middle of the line um, you know especially as that game wore on and like Brian said you needed to kind of string together some drives give your defense a little bit of a blow and flip the field a little bit because that was the thing that just killed Nebraska all night you know Northwestern punted really well Nebraska did too to their credit but um, just you, you could you didn't have the the drives where you even had a couple first downs to move the ball and, and give yourself a little breathing room. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you
0: mentioned the punting thing, because the difference, there's just like a 10 yard difference in there where Nebraska is starting on its five and Northwestern would start on its 15. And those 10 yards just really seem to add up when you get to the the end of the game, because Brian Bushini had a great game. I mean, he had like four of his, four of his six punts were inside the 20 yard line. I mean, he was, he was doing a good job, but when you're not sustaining drives and your defense is playing continually when Northwestern's able to just rip off first down after first down uh, you know, it, it really can demoralize the team. And that's kind of what it, it sort of looked like on offense. I guess we'll just start with some individual pieces, guys that we hadn't seen play this year, what, or play previously for Nebraska. What takeaways did you guys have on Casey Thompson Do you have concern that something happened in the second half because the ball started to look a little bit different and the completion percentage went way down?
2: I don't I don't know if anything happened or not, but I I thought he was great for two and a half quarters. I mean, like the first half, he played exceptional, really. He was making smart, smart decisions. Mm -hmm. And uh, even when he was getting a little heat and I thought the pass pro was okay. like I didn't. I mean, it I was. it was pretty good for the first few yeah. quarters, and then Northwestern dialed it up and they were getting home. Yeah. I mean, you can knock some things, but think about last year. Like it just it was like the floodgates yep. would open around the tackles, and that didn't happen in this game. Um, my concern as it was going was sort of during the Adrian Martinez era. It was always like, okay, this is on one guy's arm or hand to win this thing, and um, if you have the if you don't have that running game, you can. Rely on, and it it, they were in a pickle because I didn't feel like they could run the ball at all, and yet their defense is gas, so I'm sure they're weighing that. Um, but to honest to goodness, there was a couple plays where I was actually sitting there, and this is anti football guy, but it would be like second and nine, and they'd run into the line and get nothing and stuff. And it's easy to say in hindsight, but I'm kind of thinking. I don't know. I just fling it around on these guys the rest of the night and see if you can, you know, use Palmer and Marcus Washington and and bust a big one because I don't I had no trust in the run game. So I was sort of like in that mode in the second half, like throw it all around the yard and that's the and try to figure things out next week. But this is the way you got to win this game. And so I actually um, thought a couple downs were wasted trying to run the ball um, that put them in like obvious third and eight third and nine type settings. And I know that's easy to say after the fact, and if you get that one block, maybe it's different, but that's how I was kind of looking at it as I was watching it.
0: What's your, uh, just real quickly, Brunts, what's your concern with Nebraska's wide receiver depth that, I mean, it feels like it dropped off pretty quickly after those top three or four guys. We didn't see Omar Manning. He didn't dress from Johnson didn't have a good week in Ireland, I guess. I don't know how else to phrase that. Um, so you're you're getting in the fourth quarter and Wyatt Lever's in the game in a critical situation. Brody Belt has two big catches for you. Like Marcus Washington with a critical drop on your final drive. Like I, I, I'm very curious what you think of where Nebraska's at with wide receiver play right now.
1: It's thin and it needs to get better. I mean, it, it, Casey Thompson's two picks in the second half, I didn't really have – an issue with, I mean, he he hit white lever right in the hands. Um, You know, the, the past Oliver Martin seemed like it was relatively in the right spot, um, relatively on time. And, you know, he didn't need his head around fast enough. I I don't know. I mean, that that group's got to get better. I still, I mean, I feel like I've been saying this all off season that the, the usage and rotations of skill positions for the last few years have left me scratching my head. It still did a little bit um on Saturday as well. Um, obviously the Ramir Johnson thing being the biggest piece of it, no Gabe Irvin. Um, I thought AJ Allen got a little bit done in the in the in the running game too, and we didn't see enough of him, but just the way that the wide receivers were used, kind of the same deal. I mean, I you just at some point somebody needs to make play. And, you know, I thought Garcia Castaneda was the best out of everybody. I mean, even though he fumbled, that was still pretty good. It's still pretty good, a good play to get it down there. I mean, that, that you got to hang on to the ball there. He might've been down, but um, yeah, I, it, you know, Trey Palmer, I think is going to be the, the guy that they're going to go to a ton, but you need other guys to step up and do it. Maybe Elante Brown. I, I don't know, but I don't know that the, the depth is, you know, where it needs to be there. You're just going to be relying on a really small group of guys a ton. What, what, uh... What do we do
0: with Anthony Grant? He had the big 46 yard touchdown run. You kind of get the sense that he's sort of the guy that they're going to go with until AJ Allen emerges. I mean, we saw Jock Yant once again in the red zone being completely and utterly ineffective, not necessarily his own fault, but uh, I mean, I think he has something like 10 carries in his career in the red zone inside the 10 yard line and like one touchdown to show for it. Uh, what, where are we at with the running backs as well?
1: I mean, it's it's the an Anthony Grant show, I think. And, I mean, I, I thought he ran hard. I thought there were a couple short yardage, you know, plays that he got just on his own. On his own. Yeah, I mean, you know, lunging for a first down. Um, you know, a concern for me was when Nebraska's down around the goal line and they bring in a – not even like a heavy package it was like a jumbo 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 package with Ethan Piper as a fullback a tight end an extra lineman and you still get denied twice I mean it it, it wasn't close either no and was it wasn't like
0: they had to check the replay or that the official even had to think about it it was just straight up stopped.
1: yeah so I, I think Anthony Grant can be a guy that can be a bell cow for Nebraska I'm as I said earlier, I mean, I I think you're going to have to attack the edges a little bit more with your athletes. That's where AJ Allen comes in. Um, you know, maybe somebody else emerges from that group. Maybe we see Ramir Johnson or Gabe Irvin eventually. Um, but that to me, you know, Anthony Grant is kind of who I thought he would be. I mean, if you go back and watch that touchdown run, I mean, that was just a hell of a run that he made. Um, so I'm eager to see a little bit more of him. Hopefully, Nebraska can get a little bit more push up front too, because when it when they got some push, they could do some stuff. But it just didn't happen enough.
2: You see? Yeah, I mean, I think you just got to find three guys you really believe in. And uh, I mean, this is the situation. They've got like six or seven who think they can play. And what's going to happen is there's going to be a couple guys who are probably disgruntled and that, you know, there's going to be transfers after the season and all that stuff. But in this moment, you need to find three guys who feel really good about their role. I feel like Anthony Grant's definitely one. A I think AJ Allen is now you have to say that he's another guy and then who's the third. And that's the, that's to me, the question uh, at that position I think they've got the dudes at that spot. I, but I, because of Grant Grant, mostly because of him. And I think AJ Allen, we'll see more of him. I'm sure the next two weeks and we can form a better judgment after that maybe. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does come back to, to not just the old line, but your tight end blocking and all that stuff. Um, there were some opportunities there. I think when you went back and watched it where one guy misses his block and, um, it could have been a different play. So, um, I was discouraged a little bit by the, the run game. Um, I, I, I didn't expect them to do what they did last year against Northwestern, but I thought, uh, I had an open mind that they were going to get three, four yards and at least put themselves in more manageable down and distance running the ball. I never felt like they had any sort of, um, authority in that part of the game ever. And, um, goal line stuff is frustrating it continues to be third and one I, the most comfortable third and one play was when they threw it when he threw it to trey palmer that looked like easy stuff you know and that that's why i kind of went back to just fling this thing around on these guys see what happens all right we are almost 25 minutes in and no mention of the onside kick
0: we don't have spent a lot of time on it uh i liked front. it bc liked it okay let's, let's start that. let's start
2: there just kidding <laughs> I'm kidding. No, go ahead. No, you
0: can't say that with such enthusiasm and then neuter
2: yourself. There, that was a joke. I, I, I wrote, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I I was, (laughs) I'll say this and then I'll let Bruns give his answer. I was uh, listening to the Husker radio, uh, so I had the TV sound down, and the radio didn't come back right away. Um, And so I'm kind of looking over, eating like a burrito or something, looking over at the TV, and I see this weird, like the ball trickling on the turf. I'm like. I had to do a double take, like, did that actually happen? That's how, uh, I don't know, it just, I never could have believed that, but uh, go ahead, Bruns. I
1: I had my head down typing um, (laughs) after the, the Grant touchdown and happened to look up and Northwestern had the ball, you know, in Nebraska territory. And I, in my head, I was thinking, did he just like, you know, when you're standing on a, on a on a tee box and like you accidentally hit the ball with your practice swing like i was wondering if something like that look like at Zach happened. Johnson yeah and i was like i was like did he mean to do that like what what are they doing and yeah i mean i mean we, we we've hashed it and rehashed it already but i mean when anthony grant crossed the 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 goal line to put nebraska up double digits espn's little like Score predictor win predictor thing had Nebraska's 89.9% to win that game. What a stupid tool. Have
0: they never watched uh, Nebraska football before?
1: 89.9%. And by the time Northwestern scored, I think it was already down in the low 70s. And it, it just, this team is still so fragile. It, it, one thing goes wrong. I, it, you, the way that that game was playing out, you had to kick it deep. You had to make Northwestern earn that score. And, you know, I, I mean, Amir Abdullah tweeted about it, and he's right. You don't win games in the third quarter. Like, you know, Nebraska was getting a little gassed. You could probably tell that from the way things have been going. Um, but, yeah, just, just uh, you know, I think the job of a head coach is to eliminate losing as an option. And that decision just completely reintroduced it. It was it was essentially like a fifty yard play that he gave him, and we talked field position and all other stuff. And it, it just uh, it just it just boggles the mind.
0: The the juxtaposition of across the field, one coach is calling on third and ten toss plays inside the red zone because he's just comfortable taking the field goal because his his basic math tells him that. Just keep stacking points, hanging this game. You're going to have an opportunity. And then you have Scott Frost in Nebraska where you're up by 11, attempting an onside kick in the third quarter. Like, it's just – it's incredible. It really is. Like, the more you think about it, the stranger it is uh, that they, they chose to go that route. All right. Let's finish up with this here. Nebraska has North Dakota this weekend. It's expected to win. No one's excited. It's a repeat of Fordham part two. Uh, And then you get the same thing with Georgia Southern, which gets to stand in for the Buffalo role. These are the games Nebraska has up in front of it. What do you want to see from the Huskers over the next two weeks? Michael Brooks. Uh
1: I want to see some young guys. I think we're going to see young guys. Um, I I would expect that we'd probably see a little bit of Ernest Hausman um, early and often in the next few weeks. Uh I, I think Nebraska needs to find some offensive rhythm. They need to find a run game. The defense needs to look like it's got a little bit of passion and fire. I mean that that's you're looking for any sign that week one to week two, you're you're getting some improvement. And it's hard to do that with the game that's ahead of you, but you need to show signs more than just we're Nebraska walking over a an FCS school and a, and a group of five schools. So some kind of measurable progress that you can take into that game against Oklahoma. That's what I'm looking for.
2: BC, what do you want to see? I mean, the funny part is if this were like year one or year two of a coaching era and you had had that game, it would be disappointing for sure. But I think you could look at some parts Nebraska has, especially at skilled, you know, the receiver and Casey and that. And you could think, they could be trouble for some teams like, and they can be, I'm not saying that, but, but it's because of all the data that's compiled where it just bleeds into that. Um, I agree with Brunts. I think it's a game where uh, like a Latovsky, at right guard could be interesting if they start to tinker more with him. Um, he would got a few snaps in place of Bando um, that, that, that and Houseman, of course. Um, I think you want to see an old line that uh, against this team can move people a little bit in the run game I mean that's that's one thing and you you want to see a, a defense that causes a little chaos I don't take this game for granted I don't think it's quite for them. I mean I think North Dakota whenever you get those sort of regional games against the, some FCS guys who think I can play with these guys and I'm going to show it you always got to be a little bit on guard and they did play like North Dakota State and South Dakota State to tight games last year so it's not like these guys can't come in and they're, and they're probably thinking, we got a shot, you know, look at this team. We can do some things on them with a veteran quarterback. So um, I don't just say Nebraska is going to win 52 to seven. Also as a side note, this is why uh, even though you can't help it, sometimes you try to avoid week zero games against big 10 teams, because maybe if you play North Dakota in your first game as a bust on a 41 yard touchdown, you still win by 17 points. And you learn from it as opposed to uh, you being all in one like this. But that's that's another matter. So um, they can't win anything back publicly for a few weeks. You just have to know that you have to put your head down and say, what can we identify that we can be good at that we can make a run against Oklahoma in in October and surprise people? And that's what they got to do and and know that the public perception is not going to change off of this game or the next game.
0: Nebraska just burning weeks as if they don't matter. That's what they've been doing for years so far. It's got to be frustrating for the fan base, and it's certainly unique to cover. All right, guys, we're going to be back later this week with a hype cast. We're going to be joined by uh, someone making their hype cast debut this week, so you have that to look forward to. There'll be plenty of coverage going up on Husker 24-7 press conference on Tuesday. Uh, We'll have coverage of that, Uh, coaches speak, the coordinators speak on Wednesday while we'll that have Frost on Thursday again. So plenty of stuff coming up there. We'll have recruiting as well. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7 uh, as we roll into week one. But the Huskers are an all-too-familiar Owen one right now. So we will catch you on Thursday with the next Husker Headcast.